Hey everyone, welcome back to Sanctuary Daily. My name is Andrew Mook. We're going to begin today uh, again in uh, the book of Isaiah. And uh, this passage we're going to read today, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, is a classic. There has been so much music put to this verse, so many poems written in response to it, sermons. You probably will recognize it right away. This was, again, the prophet Isaiah uh, foreseeing, uh, looking into the dark, into the waiting, into the ache. And, uh, and getting a vision of what was to come. And he writes, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's take a moment just to be still together. So in our world right now, I think it's safe to say few people are looking to the government for signs of hope. Uh, the corruption of power seems more the norm than uh, the ideal presented here in Isaiah's vision of government ruled by a wonderful counselor and a mighty God and an everlasting father or a prince of peace. I find most people view government with a sense of cynicism, with a bit of despair. Maybe if your party is in power, there's like a sliver of hope. But I think few see government as a conduit for peace. In Isaiah's day, uh, there were all sorts of foreign powers and rulers that threatened both Israel and Judah. And within Isaiah's lifetime, uh, the nation of Judah would go into exile under Babylonian rule. So the original hearers of uh, of this prophecy, they would have heard a promise that a king was coming that would be wise and powerful This king would inaugurate an everlasting age of peace and that these sort of foreign powers would no longer threaten or rule over the people of Israel. Uh, The prophecy brought all of this light to the people hearing it in very, very dark times. But the history of Israel kind of tells another story. Uh, Isaiah lived and prophesied during the divided kingdom of Israel to the north and Judah to the south. Israel would end up being conquered by the Assyrians Uh, And soon the kingdom of Judah would be ruled by the Babylonians. Uh, Judah would continue to see foreign powers rule over uh, her in the form of the Greeks, you got the Persians, the Romans. Ultimately, Judah would see the destruction of Jerusalem and uh, the diaspora of its people from the land, this sort of remnant. So was Isaiah wrong in his prophecy? Or did he see something uh, more than simply a political kingdom or an earthly government for the Jewish people? So this child, this king that is foretold in Isaiah's vision, we've come to find out was not simply a human king or ruler who would come to establish an earthly kingdom, right? Rather, the title's mighty God and everlasting father attributed to the child to be born indicate that this coming king, this coming ruler uh, will be in some way divine. And so the Jews didn't have exactly a concept of incarnation in their understanding of God. Isaiah still foresees a day when God would be with the people as Emmanuel, which is this word that comes up over and over during Christmas time, right? Which means God with us. And if God was the one who would come among humans to rule and to reign, uh, then that rule would be characterized by wisdom. We're told he's going to be this wonderful counselor. And this word peace, this word shalom is like the well-being of all people everything in its right place. What kind of peace does God bring 
if it's not the peace that ends wars and strife among human beings and within you know the world that we actually live in the flesh and blood here and so we begin to find the answers in the advent of Jesus and in his death and his resurrection so first peace that God brings is in Jesus heals our estrangement that results from sin Paul uh, in the New Testament writes therefore since we have been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ in Ephesians 6 15 he says this is the gospel the good news of peace that God is making peace by the blood of the cross he writes in Colossians 1 20. secondly the peace that God brings enables us to have peace within our hearts because of our reconciliation with our creator and his spirit at work within us it's the well-being that comes from reconciliation with God and then third because we have peace within, we can pursue peace with others, both with friends and with enemies. Paul uh, kind of like goes off, marvels at the new unity between Jew and Gentile when he writes, for he himself is our peace, talking about Jesus, who has made the two groups one, these two groups that hated each other, Jew and Gentile, uh, ultimate like tribal uh, disconnect. And then he writes, has destroyed the barrier, destroyed the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. So back to Isaiah. Isaiah's vision came at a time of intense fear for Judah when foreign powers attacked and oppressed on every side. And Isaiah saw a day when God would rule the people with wisdom and peace And when this rule uh, came, it would have no end. And so the invitation uh, that I want to extend to you today is we can take heart. No matter where we live and no matter what uh, government, what system, what ideology we find ourselves living under, whatever cultural forces are in the air, God has come near to us in Jesus to establish a government that is available to us as we walk in, uh, in connection and fellowship under his rule and his reign. In Jesus, we have a wonderful counselor. We have a mighty God, an everlasting father, and a prince of peace. And so I want to invite you, if you have a few minutes, as this um, as episode comes to an end here, to take those phrases, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. And bring all that we've been talking about these last couple days about expectation, anticipation, waiting, and hope. And reflect on those words. What does it mean that the wonderful counselor has come and continues to come into our life? Where do you need wisdom? The mighty God, the God who is sovereign over all, beyond just good tips to live a peaceful life or some sort of Christian lifestyle aesthetic. The mighty God. What do you need from mighty God today? The everlasting Father. So many of us um, out there struggle with the idea of God as Father, and yet this is the imagery that we get most often, is an everlasting Father. The Father who cares for and protects and brings in, and the Prince of Peace. What does it mean as we come to the end uh, of the second week of Advent, right, which is focused in on this word peace? What do we expect from the Prince of Peace? What do we need from the Prince 
of peace this day. Grace and peace be with you.